Blog Talk Radio. Right now, 
because I know a lot of you guys need to be caught up, so we'll catch up. Stormy Daniels, who Donald John Trump says that he will go after Stormy Daniels and her despicable, slimy lawyer for legal fees, and they'll have to pay. Poor Stormy went to court, tried to get the goods on. Donald John Trump lost because, as we know, the Donald, well, all he does is win, and he's won again. So, oh, here's what I really want to start off with. Fox News Channel beats MSNBC, CNN, ABC, NBC combined in weekly viewership. You heard me? Combined. Fox News Channel dominated the cable news industry last week, topping all of basic cable among among total day viewers for the 40th week in a row and topping MSNBC and CNN combined during prime time. According to Nielsen, Fox News Channel's 8 to 11 p.m. lineup of Tucker Carlson tonight, Hannity, The Ingram Angle, and Fox News at Night with Shannon Breen averaged 2.6 million viewers compared to 1.5 for MSNBC and just a measly and paltry 832,000 for CNN. Damn. I guess the only people who are watching CNN are people in Atlanta. Because you've got more than 832,000 living in the general Atlanta area right downtown. (laughs) Can you imagine just 832,000 for CNN? So we whooped that ass of these two combined. And is it any wonder Fox News is what's happening? Ever since the Elian Gonzalez saga, Fox News has dominated, finishing number one across the board. We're talking about for 40 consecutive weeks, TBS, ESPN, MSNBC, Nickelodeon, all of all channels combined, Fox News. And so it interests me when I hear my friends talk about how Fox News, oh, you watch the faux news. They call it faux news. They say, you know, they're in the they're in the Trump column. They're all about Donald Trump. They're conservative. Well, I guess most of the people who watch the news must be conservative or liberals don't watch news. What is it? Okay, so we've got that going on. HLN has fired every single big-name host they've got or they had because they suck even worse than CNN. Oh, they're owned by CNN. Huh, think about that. And Elizabeth Warren, the gift that keeps on giving. Foolish move. Making it all about her and her faux heritage as a Native American. Apparently, my dog, Nico, has more Native American blood in him than Focahontas, Elizabeth Warren. And she chose to reveal this wannabe gotcha moment just a couple of weeks before the elections. And there's all this talk about a a blue wave. The Senate, maybe. The Congress, Congress for sure. 
Well, let's find out. Oh, and Georgia, the great state of Georgia is supposed to go to this hideous woman who is running against a great Republican. We'll see how that goes down, too. I mean, remember when I said we live in interesting times? And remember the curse, may you live in interesting times? Well, here we are again, living in interesting times. Now, the latest GOP pollsters say that Republicans may hold the House. Now, this is what I find exciting in the next three weeks. Exciting. This, this House and Senate race that's coming up, the election series that's coming up in just a couple of weeks, I think it's exciting. It's kind of like watching a football game for me. You know, who's going to win? Who's going to come out on top? I'll be up all night long watching the returns from the day from, – from, from November 6th all the way until midnight and beyond watching the returns come in, watching the tallies. Who's oh, oh, Red? Red or blue? It's going to be so interesting. Take a listen to this. Well, when it comes up, you can listen to it. Yeah, here it comes. Well, yeah, here it comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Commercial break first, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. Oh, wow. Technology. Mm-hmm. Taking its sweet time. Well, let me just go ahead and read my prepared notes. Many pundits are predicting a midterm blue wave. Yeah. The Democrats are set to be propelled into the majority in the House of Representatives. But not so fast, says John McLaughlin, former pollster for the Trump campaign and president and partner of McLaughlin and Associates. Not so fast. And as soon as the audio is queued up, we're going to hear what he has to say. But it's just not happening yet. So we're going to move on to some other stuff while that happens. All right. Here's the quote. Our families will thrive, our people will prosper, and our nation will forever be safe and strong and proud and mighty and free. Who said that? Oh, those are direct quotes, by the way. President Donald J. Trump. Meanwhile, Democrats who are stumping this election cycle are using words like, the country is going in the wrong direction. And Americans are disgusted that the country is moving in the wrong direction. That President Trump is taking the country in the wrong direction. That America is going in the wrong direction. Well, let's find out. Let's take a look at the facts not what some Democrats are saying, because whether you like Donald Trump or whether you hate Donald Trump or whether you just don't give a damn, here are the facts, and I'm laying them out for you right here and now. Since taking office, President Trump has strengthened American leadership, security, prosperity, and accountability. Say it isn't so. All right. Hold on. We're all queued up now. But it's too late because <laughs> I've already gotten on a roll. But we're going to let it play out. Yeah, why not? As soon as I finish this, after 500 days, the results are clear. The American economy is stronger. American workers are experiencing more opportunities. Confidence is soaring, and, and business, business is booming. Tell me it isn't so. Here we go. It's queued up. 
There we go. Midterm elections are just three weeks away. Yep, 21 days. Many pollsters are predicting Democrats will take the House. But our next guest says not so fast. Here to explain John McLaughlin, who has not slept because <laughs> pollsters don't on times like this. A former pollster for the Trump campaign and president and partner of McLaughlin and Associates. John, something's happening right. uh, that gives Republicans hope. Right. But you see it in the numbers. What is it? What is it? Basically, there's 63 million Trump voters out there. Midterm elections, you only get 90 million voters usually come out. And what's happened is the Kavanaugh hearings backfired. The Democrats overreached. They tried to they tried to get the Republicans to pull up the president back off, and millions of Trump voters would have stayed home. Instead, they got fired up, so they're coming back into the polls. And what it is is that basically they see what would happen in Congress if the Democrats take over. A couple of things. You believe that Republicans are missing out. Number one, Democrats are running ads bringing up health care. Right. That's good for them. Right. What Republicans should be doing is putting Nancy Pelosi out there. Absolutely. Let her know, let the country know what it was like when she was Speaker and let her know what she's capable of doing, like what she did to President Bush. Absolutely. We have 20 days to do that. And that motivates our voters because we did a September poll with Pat Cadell where 30% of Americans were favorable to a 55 unfavorable. 86% unfavorable among Trump voters. She had a 53% unfavorable among the independent women who were the big swing, swing voters. So the party needs to be running ads. Stop Nancy Pelosi. She's about to become the highest-ranking Democrat in the country, the voice of the Democratic Party, and she could stop the president's agenda. And, you know, the president doesn't even mention as much. He brings up Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck right. Schumer, but he said focus like a laser because the Senate looks uh, safe. Just in terms of numbers, this is why John McLaughlin's saying what he's saying. If you look at the Republicans up in the generic battleground states, right. and keep in mind, too, this is a time in which history has shown us for 200-plus years, the party in power takes a pounding, 47% uh, for Republicans, Democrats at 46%. So they're up a point where they were trailing right. in double digits. In the battleground districts, in those 66 competitive districts in this ABC poll. And by the way, nationally in that poll, it's only 26% Republican. We were 33% on election day in 2016. The Trump strategy right. was to bring out new voters. And we got to bring them back yeah. and, and let them know that Nancy Pelosi will have open borders, government-run health care, raise taxes. Right now in our polls, 57% of all Americans say the economy is getting better, only 32 worse. And, and I should just say, underline you said it, but that's a battleground generic. In right. terms of the overall generic, it's still up for the Democrats. Now, when these Guatemalans are trying to get here, they might be wonderful people, but that is something that Republicans could focus on. Because if Nancy Pelosi has the House, their borders are open. Open borders, sanctuary cities, criminal illegal aliens coming in. So it's basically end the rule of law. So we have to we have to stop it. The Republican National Committee should be spending millions of dollars of ads right now to stop Pelosi. Stop Pelosi uh, right. and illegal immigration. Uh, also, you talk about impeachment right. and not stop lawsuits. Exactly. There's a gotcha. whole bunch of it. All right, uh, John, thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, exciting time. John's first words to me were, I have not slept <laughs> because he's working so hard on this. All right, welcome back, folks. Yeah. All right. So we had a little bit of feedback there, but you get the point, don't you? Republicans have to come out and vote. And I think if we come out and vote, a lot of you have heard about all of the um, sold-out uh, venues that President Trump enjoys each time he makes a campaign stop. Sold out. 20,000-seat arenas like rock concerts with hundreds still waiting to get in on the outside. Lines stretched down the block as if he were someone, a rock star. I can't even name any truly good rock stars now. Um, who's the, where are the really good rock stars? Are they all gone now? I guess there aren't any, any more. Coldplay, maybe? All right, Coldplay. As if he was – as if he had Coldplay backing him up. How about that? I mean, so we have enthusiasm when it comes to a Trump rally. Can that enthusiasm translate into voters going out to the polls in just a couple of weeks, 20 days? We'll see. And Trump's – the, the remainder of Trump's presidency hangs in the balance. But think about this. Even if the Democrats take the House, it's too late 
to stop the Trump train. Trump has put out, he has put it down. I mean, let me let me just say this real quick. Trump's list of 289 accomplishments in just 20 months. 289 accomplishments in just 20 months. Does the man ever sleep? I mean, I've been up since five, and I'm tired right now. And I intend very much to lie down on the floor after this broadcast and take a nap. I'll watch a little TV, and I'll drift off to sleep. I can't help it. I would love to stay up until midnight, get some other things done, and 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 still be fresh in the morning. But it's not going to happen. How do these people do it? How do they write books and host television shows? How does the president stay awake? Where do they find the energy? He's in his 70s. I'm in my 50s. I don't think I'd have the energy to do all the things that he's done so far. But think about this. The Trump administration's often overlooked list of achievements have surpassed those of former President Ronald Reagan at this time and more than doubled since the last tally of accomplishments after his first year in office. And that gives President Trump a solid platform to run for re-election in 2020. It does. But the mainstream media aren't telling you about any of these accomplishments because that would defeat their purpose. And the Democrats would look foolish talking about the country going in the wrong direction. How is it that the country is going in the wrong direction when we have record numbers of unemployment, when we have 4 million jobs, and oh, and we've got over 2 million jobs available. Think about that. So how can, how can the Democrats say that the country is going in the wrong direction when we have record we – have, we have a prospering economy, a vibrant economy? We're respected around the world. We've got win after win after win after win. And you remember when President Trump said as a candidate that we're going to win so much that we're going to get tired of winning? Well, he misspoke because I'm not tired of winning. Because it's fun to win. So as Trump news the two-year mark on the, of this historic election – and conducts political rallies across the country during which he talks up his wins in hopes it will be recognized and, and that it will energize voters. The administration has counted up, once again, 289 accomplishments in 18 categories, capped by the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Yeah. I mean, all the man does is win. And don't you want to be a part of that? Don't you want to get on board and be a part of that? Or do you want to talk about redistribution of wealth? <laughs> Give them the wealth. Or how Nancy Pelosi says that these a couple of thousand dollars here or there in the average citizen's pocket is nothing but crumbs. Oh, and not a single Democrat voted for even those crumbs. Think about this. If you're a Republican out there, you better get out there and vote. Vote early and vote often. Because for damn sure the Democrats will. Get out there and vote. When Nancy Pelosi said that the the the, the three thousand that I got back into my pocket was crumbs. Well, tell it to that 65-inch flat screen I've got in the background and a host of other goodies I spent that bread on. <laughs> that wasn't crumbs to me, baby. But, oh, she wants her crumbs back, which means the 65-inch Betty back in the, behind me has to go back to the store, I guess. When she takes the speaker, uh, when she get, becomes speaker again. Anyway, back to Trump winning. All the man does is win, constantly winning. 
Trump's successes in reducing the cost of taxes and regulations, rebuilding our military, avoiding wars of, of choice, and changing the courts rival those of all previous Republican presidents, all of them. Trump even has an advantage over my man, Ronald Reagan. He has a Reagan Republican House and Senate. While Reagan had a Democratic Speaker, Tip O'Neill, and a pre-Reagan Republican Senate, Reagan and former GOP Speaker Newt Gingrich were the icebreakers that allowed Trump's victories to grow in number of significance. All I'm saying is that the man has done wonders for this country. He has done wonders for this great nation. And you may not like him. You may think he's unpresidential. You may believe he is a bore, that he is a lech, that he cheated on his wife, or maybe that he boasted about liking to grab women by the crotch. But you know, I'm going to be real with you right now. I don't give a damn about any of that. All I care about is that my 401k is skyrocketing. My nation is strong. I've got money in my pocket. My nation is respected. My military is strong. The economy is booming. All is right with the world. How can you, even a Democrat, not roll with that? How could you not believe in it? Can you, I mean, think about it. Just ignore Trump for a minute. Ignore the president for a minute and his his antics, his tweets, and all the other baggage that comes with him personally. Think about your country. Oh, sorry, I got too excited. Think about your country. Think about the United States of America and how right now our country is prospering. Jobs are plentiful. I roll down the street Every single day, help wanted here, help wanted there, help wanted across this street, across that street. We're living in prosperous times. Now, some of you will say, oh, this is a carryover from the Obama years, but didn't Obama say that those jobs were never coming back? And didn't he make fun of Donald Trump when Donald Trump said that he would bring jobs back? Stating that, well, what you going to do? Wave a magic wand and bring their jobs back? Their jobs are never coming back. Paraphrasing that clown. But the jobs did come back. Jobs that Obama said were never coming back. So, think about this. For you folks who are my age, who have adult children, think about your country, too. Because right now, we're prospering in record numbers. And if you go to the polls in 20 days and vote against Donald Trump, vote against the Republican Senate, vote against the Republican House, basically you're saying that you want to see your country go back to the Obama years where we had, what, less than 2% GDP. That unemployment was at record numbers. That the bread lines and food stamp lines were astronomical. That our military was in jeopardy of going back to world pre-World War One levels. That's what you're saying. Or are you willing to sacrifice all that has happened in the last two and a half years simply because you don't like the president, you don't like the way he tweets, or you don't like the way he talks, you don't like the way he speaks. But what do you like your country? Because if you like your country, you can keep your country. Not like when that fool said if you like your health care, you could keep your health care, which was a damn lie. 
I need to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Please join Doc Jones as he kicks off prime time with the Sit Rat. Weekdays from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Dr. C. Robert Jones is a retired Marine officer with a PhD in history. And he keeps up with the day-to-day events and analyzes and explains with historical facts and in an informed opinion. Gojo Media is dynamic and fresh, so please catch The Situation Report every weeknight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Correctness is America's newest form of intolerance, and it's especially pernicious because it comes disguised as tolerance. Political correctness is avoiding words or behaviors that exclude, marginalize, or insult groups of people who are socially disadvantaged or discriminated against. Basically, treating people with respect. It presents itself as fairness, yet attempts to restrict and control people's language with strict codes and rigid rules. I'm not sure that's the way to fight discrimination. I'm not sure silencing people or forcing them to alter their speech is the best method for solving problems that go much deeper than speech. Perhaps you've noticed that when the politically correct liberal rule makers decide to rename a group of humans they view as victims, they begin by imparting a sense of shame to the group's existing name. And so somewhere over the years, the word cripple has been discarded. No one mentions cripples anymore. That's because in yet another stunning attempt to stand reality on its head, cripples have been assigned a new designation, the physically challenged. The use of physically challenged is an obvious attempt to make people feel better. The idea being, as long as we can't cure these people, let's give their condition a more positive name and maybe it'll distract everyone. The same is true of the ungainly phrase, differently abled. I believe that if a person is going to insist on using tortured language, such as differently abled, then he should be forced to use it to describe everyone. You can do things I can't do. I can do things you can't do. We're all differently abled. It should be explained to liberals patiently that crippled people don't require some heroic designation. It's a perfectly honorable condition. It appears in the Bible. Jesus healed the cripples. He didn't engage in rehabilitative strategies to improve the conditions of the physically disadvantaged. Can't these liberals hear how unattractive this language is? How poorly it sits on the ear? Then there are those who don't quite measure up to society's accepted standards of physical attractiveness. The worst of that group are called ugly, or at least they used to be. The PC lingo cops have been working on this, too. And to demonstrate how far all this politically correct, evasive language has gone, some psychologists are actually now referring to ugly people as those with severe appearance deficits. Okay? Severe appearance deficits. 
Regarding people's appearance, the political language police already have in place one comically distorted term, lookism. They say that when you judge a person, or rather size them up, wouldn't want to judge someone, that would be judgmental. If you take their looks into account, you're guilty of lookism. You're a lookist. And those valiant people who fight lookism, many of them unattractive themselves, tell us that one problem is that in our society, those who get to be called beautiful and those who are called ugly are determined by standards arbitrarily set by us. Somehow there's some fault attached to the idea that we, the people, are the ones who set the standards of beauty. Well, we're the ones who have to look at one another, so why shouldn't we be the ones who set the standards? I would say the whole thing was stupid, but that's my next topic. So, it's important to face one thing about stupidity. We can't get away from it. It's all around us. It doesn't take a team of professional investigators to discover that there are stupid people in the world. But where do these stupid people come from? Well, they come from American schools. But while they're attending these schools, they're never identified as stupid, which may be contributing to the problem. Unfortunately, kids, stupid or otherwise, come under a sort of protective umbrella we've established that prevents them from being exposed to the real world until at 18 their parents spring them on the rest of us, full grown. There are stupid kids. And I do wish to be careful how I negotiate the minefield of the learning disabled and the developmentally disadvantaged. In other words, those with special needs. All of these being more examples of this tiresome and ridiculous language. One of the terms now used to describe these stupid kids is minimally exceptional. Can you handle that? Minimally exceptional. Whatever happened to the old reliable explanation? The boy is slow. Some of the other children are quick. They think quickly. Not this boy. He's slow. It seems humane enough to me. But no, he's minimally exceptional. Political correctness cripples discourse, creates ugly language, and is generally stupid. This language renders completely useless at least one perfectly good expression. In the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king becomes, in the kingdom of the visually impaired, the partially sighted person is fully empowered. Sad, isn't it? Night. And indeed, 
all Trump did and all he does is win. Let's talk about it for a moment. All he does is win, win, win. Yeah, jobs. Four million new jobs have been created since the election. And more than 3.5 million since Trump took office. Fact. More Americans are employed now than ever before in our history. That's a fact. Jobless claims at lowest level in nearly five decades. Fact. The economy has achieved the longest positive job growth streak on record year. Fact. Job openings are at an all-time high and outnumber job seekers for the first time in our history on record. Unemployment claims are at a 50-year low. African-American, Hispanic, and Asian-American unemployment rates have all recently reached record lows. Do you hear me, brothers and sisters out there? And me amigos, do you hear me, mi caballeros? Do you hear me? Listen to me. I won't steer you wrong. Brothers and sisters, I won't call you African Americans because your black asses are not from Africa. And the true African American, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, really hot Charlize Theron is the only African American I recognize. So let's go with just plain old black. You blacks out there. You Hispanics and you Asian Americans out there. Recognize. Go to the polls and vote Republican because guess what? If you vote Democrat, you're voting against your own best interest because what did I just say? African Americans, Hispanics, and Asian American unemployment rates have all recently reached record lows, and it's for real. I'm telling you here and now, you can look it up under President Barack Hussein Obama. Unemployment in the black community was at record high levels going all the way back to the Great Depression. Recognize, brothers and sisters out there, and me amigos, me caballeros, vote Republican, baby. You heard me? Women, you ladies out there, unemployment recently at its lowest rate in nearly 65 years. Female unemployment dropped to 3.6% in May. The lowest since October 1953, ladies. Yeah, I wouldn't steer you wrong. Get on out there and vote Republican. Youth, you young folks out there, youth unemployment recently reached its lowest level in more than 50 years. Drop it while it's hot. July 2018. Eighteen's youth unemployment rate of 9.2% was the lowest since July of 1966. My veteran brothers and sisters out there, my warriors, well, our unemployment recently hit its lowest level in nearly two decades. In July 2018, veterans' unemployment rate of 3% matched the lowest rate since May of 2001. Unemployment rate for Americans without a high school diploma reached a record low. Rates of disabled Americans recently hit a a record low. Blue-collar jobs recently grew, grew at the fastest rate in more than three decades. And those Democrats who are saying that uh, Americans and they specifically believe that the country is moving in the wrong direction, direction, remember this fact, 68% 
A poll found, I'm sorry, a poll found that 85% of blue-collar workers believe their lives are headed in the right direction. 68% reported receiving a pay increase in the past year. Last year, job satisfaction among American workers hit its highest level since 2005. Coincidence? I think not. Donald Trump, baby. All he does is win. Now, Barack Hussein Obama pathetically attempted to take credit. And it was it was a disgrace. It was a disgrace when he attempted to take credit for this economic boom, for this wellspring, from this manna from heaven. He attempted to take credit and it was dismissed just like he was optimism baby optimism nearly two thirds of Americans rate now as a good now as a good time to find a quality job optimism about the availability of good jobs has grown by 25% Added more than 400,000 manufacturing jobs since the election. Manufacturing unemployment is growing at its fastest pace in more than two decades. 100,000 new jobs supporting the production and transport of oil and natural gas. Talk about income? Is that what you want to talk about? Medium household income rose to $61,372,000. In 2017, a post-recession high. Wages up in August by their fastest rate since June of 2009. Paychecks rose by 3.3% between 2016 and 17, the most in a decade. And let's talk about the Council of Economic Advisors. They found that real wage compensation has grown by 1.4% over the past year. Some 3.9 million Americans off food stamps since the election. Median income for my me amigos, yes, rose by 3.7% and surpassed 50,000 for the first time ever in history. Home ownership among Hispanics is at the highest rate in nearly a decade. Poverty rates for blacks and Hispanics have reached their lowest levels ever recorded. Get your butts out there and pull that lever. Vote Republican, 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 straight down the line. And is it a coincidence that America has bounced back since Donald Trump assumed office? Is it a coincidence? Do you think it's a coincidence? This guy is a winner. He is a winner. He knows what he's doing. He said he he said it. He said he knew what he was doing. He said he knew how this was all going to go down. He said he would make it happen. And he said it years ago, not just during the campaign trail, but he said it before he ever ran for president when he was just thinking about it. Imagine all of this happening. And some of you Democrats out there Oh, and it's so embarrassing when you do attempt to give credit to the Obama administration and state that President Trump is simply riding Obama's coattails. It's it's so embarrassing because it's so transparent and so disingenuous and just so idiotic. America. America is back. And America is great again. And that's thanks to one man and one man alone. And you know, you know, those of you who have listened to my show over the last two years, over the last three years, before Trump won the nomination, 
You know that I was not a Trump guy. You know fully well, because I've said it, that I was a Marco Rubio guy, a Ted Cruz guy. I wanted to see both those guys on a ticket together. That would have been unbeatable in my opinion. And I was I was crestfallen. I was angry. I was embarrassed that Trump this talk show host, this crazy billionaire entrepreneur TV host was going to win the nomination and lose to Hillary. I was I was sad. I didn't want to see it happen. I, I, I wondered how how are they going to fix this? How is Ted Cruz? How is Kasich? I'd even take him. How are they going to fix this? There's going to have to be something's going to happen on the floor to to wrest those delegates away from Trump. I mean, this is how I felt, guys. Because I didn't view Trump as presidential. I didn't view him as presidential timber. I didn't think his temperament was presidential. And all the tweets, they were just getting on my damn nerves. I'm going to be real with you right now. But when the man assumed office, when he won that night, I became a believer. I said, I got to roll with him. I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. He says he's a conservative. I'm going to give him a chance. I'm going to give him a chance. And I did. And I'm so glad that I did. Because the man is doing the damn thing. And no, I do not like all these crazy tweets. And no, I do not think he's presidential. When he talks, do I laugh sometimes? Hell yeah. Because he says some funny stuff. Do I root for him? Yes, I do. Am I backing him? Yes, I am. And why? Because he's my president. Number two, because he is taking care of business. And really, that's what it's all about. He is taking care of business. Business. It's business time, baby. And I'm so proud that he is doing what he says he was going to do. I mean, how many presidents, how many presidents that in our lifetime, I'm 56, how many presidents in our lifetime have actually done what they said they would, lived up to every single campaign promise? I mean, every single campaign promise. Not just some, not just a few, but every single one, folks. Can we get to defense a little bit? Defense? It's really defense. It's not defense. But let's get to defense for a moment. Executive order, keeping the... the detention facilities at the U.S. Naval Station Guantanamo Bay open. Love it. $700 billion in military funding for fiscal year 2018 and $716 billion for fiscal year 2019. Largest military pay raise in nearly a decade. Do you love it? I know I do. I'm just sorry I didn't get any of that, Jack. Veteran Affairs, signed the VA Accountability Act and expanded VA telehealth services, walk-in clinics, and same-day urgent primary and mental health care. Delivered more appeals decisions, 81,000 to veterans in a single year than ever before. Strengthened protections for individuals who came forward and identified programs occurring with the VA. And I can go on and on and on and on, but it's all the show is almost over. So we're going to pick up the slack tomorrow 
I want to thank you all for listening. There's so many things you could be doing, and you've chosen to take some time and listen to my show, and I do appreciate you for it. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a wonderful night. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. And we're going to close out with a song that wakes me each and every morning at exactly 5 a.m. Era. Him. Templar's Oath. Thank you.